sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hey guys, welcome to the show. And this is Mark Crutcher. And as you heard, I'm here with my genial comical sidekick. Am Sarah. I really all that genial? I don't not, know not if really. I am. I was trying to give genial. you a little break there, but I'm not even sure I'm all that comical. It depends on the day. You're not comical. You're, well, in a <laughs> I'm sad not giving up my way. day job anytime soon. That's for sure. <laughs> in a sad kind of way, you are. But <laughs> anyway, you know, Sarah, I think, and we talk about this sort of thing around this office a lot. Our country is losing its mind. Yeah. You know, I don't know where this is headed. Nobody does. Nobody knows. This is kind of like the top of the roller coaster. You see some stuff down there. It's kind of intimidating, and you're just holding your breath, ready for the downfall. In my entire life, and I'm 72 years old, I've never seen a time like this. It is scary. And I'm not saying it's the end times or anything like that. No, uh, absolutely not. And I don't think this is the end of our country by any means. For those who think that this is the end of our country... They really need to study the first few years in the beginning of our country after the Revolutionary War. It was a rocky road. Well, we've been through rocky times before. And like I said, I'm not predicting that this is the end, but it can be the end if we don't turn some things around. Oh, definitely. We've got some of the looniest things going on. I mean, who would have ever predicted Mm -hmm. in a million years that you'd actually have cities in this country voting whether to do away with their police departments. Yeah. What's ironic about all this is in the protests, you've had people get out of control who will loot and attack people. And when some of those people fight back, you have protesters saying, call the police. Who are they going to call now? Yeah. I mean... It's mind-boggling. I mean, the level of sheer stupidity of some of our elected officials out there and some of these other people, and, and let's make sure people understand something. A lot of what has gone on with this situation with Mr. Floyd and his senseless murder, I mean, you you can't call anything other than that. I can't even watch the video of it anymore. It just makes me sick to my stomach. I couldn't watch it more than once, honestly. But the fact is that much of what's gone on that's been attributed to that had nothing to do with race relations or anger over the godless left in this country was looking for an opportunity like this to help destroy the country, and that's what they're doing, and they're intentionally trying to bring America down. Well, I dare you to point out to me one massive large-scale civilization that existed without some sort of police force. Yeah, Prove it to me. I mean, California, before all this happened, passed this legislation that said that they're not going to prosecute thefts that were under, what? how much was it? $600 or something like $900. It was, I think it was like yeah. something around $1,000. They were yeah. not going to prosecute any thefts under $1,000. And you literally had people going into stores just unabashed about it, opening right. a bag, shoving stuff off of the shelves, shelves yeah. into their bags. You had people running into restaurants just walking in there, taking food and walking out. Businesses were talking about leaving just from that one aspect alone. Do you really think it's going to get better if yeah. you completely get rid of the police department? Yeah, it's asinine. And, you know, those of us in the pro-life movement have seen police act improperly. I mean, we've had people on our old Life Talk show, Mm -hmm. a 67-year-old grandmother that was attacked, knocked to the ground, her camera stolen from her. It was all on video. Yeah. And the police came out, and basically they said to the pro-lifers, if you hadn't hadn't been out here, this wouldn't have happened to you. Yeah. So we have seen police act improperly. We had a guy working here 
years ago, one of my first employees back in 92, he was in a protest in Dallas. He was arrested and handcuffed, and he was maced in the face after he was handcuffed. Mm-hmm. I had a young lady that worked for me that was involved in a picketing situation in Pennsylvania who uh, basically was sexually assaulted by a cop yeah, or by a series of cops while they were putting her in jail. So, yeah, we've seen police that acted improperly, but to suggest that that's the indicative, norm, yeah. indicative of the entire police department yeah. is it's ridiculous, is unrealistic. Right. I don't think a mass group of people, based on either their skin color, Whatever. gender, anything, occupation, should be blamed for the actions of a few. Yeah, and yeah. you were telling me about something that you saw an argument over this disbanding the police department, where they suggested that education was the answer, and we right. just invest this money from the police departments right. into education. Right, and I pointed out to you. Let's look at tobacco. I mean, we have had all sorts of education on the dangers and the health risks of tobacco. Every single packet of cigarettes says, this product will kill you. Right. Right there on the front of it. And yet, how many people still smoke? Still smoke, yep. And how many of them are doctors and nurses that still smoke? Yep. If education was a solution to get rid of all bad behaviors, then there should be nobody smoking Anywhere in the world. This argument that it's all about education is nonsense. There are certain people that are going to commit certain acts, crimes in this case, uh, no matter how educated they are. Yeah. Anyway, one of the things, though, on the abortion issue that we've talked about before, and I've written a lot of stuff about it in the past, we've got to get a little more realistic in the pro-life movement. You know, I've, I've often talked about something I call the great ping pong scam. And this is something that politicians and preachers Mm-hmm. a stunt that they've been pulling on the pro-life movement since day one. Yeah, We go to a politicians who claim to be pro-life and try to get them to do something about abortion. Let's do something more than just talk about it. And they'll pontificate and they'll uh, get on their high horse and they'll say, but you know, basically this is a religious issue and it's not a place where elected officials should be inflicting their religious views on everybody else. So I agree with you that it's murder, but that's my religious position and that's your religious position. Or it's my personal position. Right, whatever. Yeah. So it's basically a religious issue, and so mm-hmm. you go away. So, okay, we go over to the church, hmm. and we say, we need you to get involved in this issue. Abortion is murder of children. This is, these are children that God created. This is murder. Oh, we agree with you, but it's basically a political issue, and the church shouldn't get involved in political matters. So go away. So they ping-pong us back and forth, and they've been running this scam. It's always somebody else's job. It's kind of like when you're trying to call somebody in the government to get something done, and you're always redirected 50,000 times before you give up. It's what I call the great ping-pong scam. Mm -hmm. They ping-pong us back and forth, each one of them telling us it's the other guy's responsibility to do something. Yeah. And basically what they're doing is looking for an excuse not to do anything. Yeah. Pro-lifers may not like hearing this. A lot of them are naive enough to think they're going to get the church involved in this. But the church and the Republican Party have decided to sit this out. Mm-hmm. And what I've often told people, it's like what happened at the Alamo. When the Alamo defenders kept on waiting for reinforcements to come. Mm-hmm. And finally, Travis, who was leading the troops at the Alamo, finally had to sit them down and said, nobody's coming. We're it. <laughs> this is it. What we got right here, this is it. You can leave if you want to. Yeah, and Santa Ana actually gave him an opportunity for those who did not want yeah, to he, be there he to told, leave. He didn't want to fight there. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go after Sam Houston. That's another story. But anyway. He's like, I got better things to do. Then <laughs> worry about this. Schedule. Worry about this little Catholic church here. Yeah. Anyway, the fact is the defenders at the Alamo 
didn't realize what kind of battle they were into until they figured out we're alone. Yeah. And none of them left, by the way. They were given the option by Santa Anna and by Travis to leave if they wanted to. They stayed. Mm-hmm. And what the pro-life movement needs to recognize is, I want you to imagine that we're on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And we're facing an enemy across the battlefield, and they're on the other side. Mm-hmm. And behind us is this big hill. And on the other side of that hill is the church and the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. We spend half our time... Waving to them. <laughs> trying to encourage them to come over the hill and help us out. And we think, yeah. oh, there's our replacement troops. Because the fact is, if either the church or the Republican Party were to get serious about this, it's over. Yeah, The church can end abortion anytime it chooses to do so. The Republican Party can end it. They don't want to end it. They want the issue because it keeps the Christian right on their side. Mm-hmm. It keeps a lot of people in the Republican camp because they think the Republicans are pro-life. The reality is we're sitting there facing that enemy across the battlefield, and we turn around, and we're waving for the Republicans and the church to come. We get distracted. Well, not only that, but we're wasting energy. Mm-hmm. We need to basically write these people off. God will deal with them. Well, and we need to, you talked about this in Siege before, we need to enforce the political standard of we don't care what you think right. about abortion. We don't want to hear your feelings, your sentiments, your Thoughts. pontification. <laughs> we don't want to hear it. All we want to know is what do you plan to do? And if they're incapable of following through on their actions with what they say that they believe, then they need to be gone. You're out. We'll get somebody else. We can't continue to waste our energy. We're making progress. Mm-hmm. We can see victory in the, on the horizon. Every ounce of energy that we waste mm-hmm. trying to get the Republicans and the church to do the right thing mm-hmm. is an ounce of energy that we don't use on the enemy. Yeah. And we've just got to accept they're not coming over that hill. Mm-hmm. They like it on the other side of the hill. It's safe. They don't have to risk anything. So they're going to stay there. One thing that we hear, though, a lot from people who haven't quite, I don't know if accepted is the right word, or they haven't seen this firsthand, they will often tell you that, well, it's just a lack of information. If I get my pastor or if I get you know my church to watch this or to see this, then they'll understand and then they'll get on board. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't want to get involved. It's just a lack of information. It's nonsense. Let me tell you something. There's not a Republican or a member of the clergy, a pastor, a preacher anywhere in this country who doesn't know that abortion takes the life of a living human being. Mm-hmm. Not one of them doesn't know that. The problem is not education. And when we say that, mm-hmm. I've heard people say, well, the pro-life movement just hasn't done a good job of education. We've got to do a better job. We're giving them shelter. Well, not on that. We're to blame ourselves. We're saying, oh, it's our fault. Yeah. That these people are cowards is our fault. No, it's not. They and- know what the realities are. They may not know all the minute details of abortion, but they know it takes the life of a living human being that was created by God in his image. They yeah. all know that. Yeah, you talked about that in Siege. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of that verse in Genesis where God is talking to Cain, and he says, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Yeah. That always just gave me chills. Right. You know, and I understand this. I've had people that have worked here that have had a problem accepting, until they've been here for a while and seen it, mm-hmm. accepting the cowardice of the church and accepting the cowardice of the Republicans. It's hard to do that. Yeah, and, it is. And we want them to be on our side. We Everybody would like for them to be on our side and help fight this battle. But they're not coming. And I think one of the reasons that people find it so hard to accept that. We demand a higher standard from those two groups of people, I think, in general. But we get a lower one. But yeah, we get a lower one, but we try to demand right. a higher one. But I think one of the problems is that they think, well, we can't win without them. That's nonsense. 
for 50 years, they have not been in the battle. Yeah. They've been AWOL, and yet we're winning. So when people say to me, well, can we win without the church and the Republican Party? We have been winning without them. Mm-hmm. We know how to win this battle. I think it also ties down, too, that we can't over-rely on who's in the president's seat at that time either. You, you can't rely on anything. You fight the battle where God places you. Mm-hmm. And the victory is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to do what God tells you. The victory will be provided by him. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against his people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, if you don't think that front door of an abortion clinic is a gate into hell, then you're not paying attention. Yeah. That is the gate into hell. And God told us that that gate will not prevail against us. He didn't say that gate won't prevail against you as long as you got the Republicans on your side or as long as you've got the church on your side. He didn't say that. Yeah. Our job is to attack the gates of hell, to get up every morning and attack that gate mm-hmm. and trust that God will deliver the victory one day because he will. Yeah. As difficult as it is to say we have to fight this without the church, when you say we can win this battle without the church, you're not saying that we can win it without God. Those are two different things. Yeah. We cannot win it without God. That's the one thing we can't do. Mm-hmm. But we can win it without the church, and we've proven that for the last 50 years. It is hard, though, when we see the church not doing what we think it needs to be doing and standing up for those who are in need of assistance. But it kind of reminds me of that video, Sing a Little Louder, which yeah. is based off of the true stories of right. churches that were right there along the lines who heard the cars full of Jews being taken to Auschwitz, being yep. taken to all the concentration camps, hearing their screams and right. just singing louder to try to drown out. You know, I, we didn't have anything to do with the production of that, no, of uh, that movie. I wish we did. <laughs> yeah, it was really had. good. It is spectacular. And I want to encourage everybody to watch that video. Yeah, it, we'll provide a link to that video in the description. Yeah. And it's a true story. It's about a, a man that had grown up. He was a little boy at, at the time of the Holocaust. And he's talking about how they could hear the boxcars going past the church on their way to the death camps. And they could hear the Jews screaming and hollering, please help us and get us out of here. And But they it, knew every time that they heard those trains go by what was happening. What was happening. And what they chose to do was when they heard the trains coming, they would start singing louder mm-hmm. so they didn't have to hear them. Well, that's what the American church is doing. They, they can sugarcoat it all they want to. But they've been doing the same thing for 50 years. They're no better than those. Well, the Bible not. says nothing new under the sun, right? Right, yeah. This kind of reminds me of the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I know you may be like, what in the world does it have to do with that? But in the parable of the Good Samaritan, it talks about people who pass by. The first one that it mentions is a priest who walks up on the man who's bleeding on the road, who's been mugged, takes a look at him, and he walks by. Now, if you don't think that there's not a message in there from Jesus about that, you're lying to yourself. Right. Well, think about this. In this situation with the the cold-blooded murder of Mr. Floyd, They've now indicted three other cops who never laid a hand on him. Yeah. They just sat there and watched. They stood there and watched. Right. Well, and I said this, I think, on our previous show. The analogy here is that Mr. Floyd is the unborn child. Mm -hmm. That cop had his knee in his throat, is the abortionist. Those three guys that were watching are the church. That's the analogy. Yeah. In any other situation, if... If we were to see a video of somebody standing by while something horrible was happening, it could be the mugging, the beating of somebody. It could be the killing of someone. It could be the rape of somebody. If they just stood there and watched, we saw that we would have criticism for them. Why didn't you intervene? Right. And yet, every single day, people are standing by and watching as abortion happens to thousands of babies around the country every day. Over 60 million so far. That's blood guilt that we're going to have to pay for one day. 
So let's don't get this idea that we can't win without the church. We can. We could win today if they jump on. If 10% of the churches in this country were to get involved in the pro-life effort today, mm-hmm. it's over. The, yeah. the abortion industry could not stand up against them, and they know it. But we, they also know they don't have to worry about that. They've seen that the churches are going to take a pass. They're going to sit it out. We wrote a blog post about this recently. The abortion industry's greatest weapon is indifference. Right. They rely on indifference of the people looking the other way. vast amount of American people. Right. Let's just accept it. We're alone. That's the way it is. Yeah. That's not going to change. But mm-hmm. we've already proven that we can win as long as we understand. And there's a big distinction here. I've heard people say, uh, well, God's on our side, so obviously we're not going to win. That's nonsense. God is not on our side. We're on his side. Well, and what, what, they're saying is, what they're saying is God will take care of it. I can just sit here and wait for it to happen. Right. And God expects you to do your part. Right. <laughs> right. The big issue here is to understand it's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that in our country right now with a whole bunch of other issues. Oh, yeah. Especially with this thing with race. This is a spiritual battle, too. Mm-hmm. Abortion is a spiritual battle. And we can win it as long as we're on God's side, not mm-hmm. he's on our side. He, we didn't start this. Yeah. We came along thousands of years after this battle started. So how can it be our side? It's God's side. We can choose whether to be on his side or to sit it out and watch from the sidelines or be on the other side. Yeah, our spiritual battle is based right now on indifference and hate. Right. There's so much hate going around, and you can't solve hate with more hate. The well, only thing ha- that will win is love. Nobody's more hated than the unborn child. You know, and people say, oh, we don't hate them, we just kill them. Well, what? <laughs> Do what now? Oh, we don't hate them, we just kill them. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, you're not definitely not showing love when you kill somebody. Right. Anyway, that's all I had for it. Do you have anything else? Well, I just want to reference something that you wrote in Siege that I think is kind of... Prophetic. Well, I wouldn't say (laughs) prophetic, but it's pretty good. You wrote, A day is going to come when every member of the clergy and every politician in America will be pushing and shoving to get to the front lines of the pro-life effort. That will happen when it becomes obvious to them that the war is over and the pro-life movement has won. At that moment... These guys are going to come running from behind their mama's skirts, grinning from ear to ear, giving high fives to everyone they can in front of and slapping everybody's back in sight. Then with their arms draped over our shoulders, they're going to look into the cameras and start crowing about how they were with us all along. Yeah, right. I thought that was pretty good. They're here. Somehow we can't see them. We can't quite get them in focus. They're here. Yeah, exactly. I guarantee you that's true. If the Supreme Court were to come out today with a personhood ruling, Mm-hmm. And it's over, yeah. right? That's what would happen. These guys would come out of the woodwork talking about how pro-life they are and how they were with us all along. And it's because of their support that they've helped carry it through. Backslapping. Yeah. You know, and they're liars. But once you're a coward, being a liar is not a big deal. You yeah. know, so we're alone, but we can win. We have been winning. We're going to continue to win. That's what we need to keep in mind. Yeah, and if you haven't read Siege... This is a good opportunity for you to go read Siege now. Uh, We have it on our website. And in fact, in the description for this episode, you will find a link to a special offer to go read it. So now is the perfect time. Go read it. Absolutely. And we will put a link to that Sing a Little Louder video. Yeah, the Sing a Little Louder link will be in there as well. I wish we had done that video. We didn't. But it is. It would have been really cool. It is spectacular. It is as good a pro-life message as I've ever seen in my life. And there's no graphic no, there's nothing, nothing, graphic, there's in nothing graphic in it. The most graphic thing that's in it is the truth. Yeah. People could take graphic images better than they can take the truth. 
a lot of times the truth is more haunting than anything else. Right. And even though we're not Catholics, we're Protestants. This yep. was put out by a Catholic group. And they did a spectacular job on this video. So, I, again, I want to really encourage you to go watch the uh, Sing a Little Louder video. And I want to encourage you guys at this time, too, to be sure to subscribe to the show. We're now on 17 different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. So be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And also, we ask that you leave a review of the show on Podchaser. It's kind of the IMDB of podcasts, and it's slowly kind of being integrated with other podcast platforms. So it helps people find our podcast and encourages more listeners. Moves moves us up the ranks. Yeah. So that'll help get more people to watch. So anyway, if you can help us out, we'd appreciate it. Until next Thursday, remember this. Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. We're here to win. Win. W-I-N. Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.